Hi, and welcome to Solo Segment Search Chat. I'm Tim Peter. In this episode of Solo Segment Search Chat, Solo Segment CEO Steve Zaker and I talk about the four things that you must have to create a great customer experience on your website. We talk about why technology may not be the answer, at least not to start. And we talk about how you can use those four elements together to create the experience your customers look for so that you don't have to keep reliving Groundhog Day again and again. All that and more on the latest Solo Segment Search Chat, coming at you right about now. Well, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Tim. How are you doing? Doing well as well. Uh, happy Groundhog Day. <laughs> it is that time of year. <laughs> Although in some sense, every day is that time of year. It uh, depends on where you live or how you well, live. Well, isn't that the truth? And that's kind of what we want to talk about today, right? We want to talk about the fact that every time customers go looking for a problem, every time marketing has a problem, every time business has a problem, maybe not every sure. time, but lots of the time. You bet. People immediately say, you know what? We need technology that will help us solve this. And, right. and I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there right now that we love when people go looking for technology. <laughs> we sell technology. That's what we do. Sure. But, but like Groundhog Day, it seems like people just go there again and again and again. It seems like that's the thing they return to again and again and again. And Maybe that's not always the right answer. Maybe there's other things yeah. people should look at, right? And yeah, so, so I want to I want to kick you off with this. You know, when we talk about search, when we talk about, you know, when we talk about how people create better search experiences for their customers and the like, you know, should we take the Groundhog Day approach, or should we <laughs> maybe do something different? Well, anybody who's ever been through a technology implementation will probably cringe when I say this. But technology is kind of the easy answer, right? If technology is going to be the solution to your problem, right? Wait, I wait. I think we've just found the provocative statement for the day because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to go, wait, what did he just say? But go yeah, on. but yeah, go you know, on. but it's, you know, hey, you get some budget, you go to procurement, you find a vendor, and you have now taken action to solve your business problem, right? And it's big, right. clear, visible action uh, that you could tell your boss, hey, I'm going to go implement this thing. Now, of course, you're not banking on some technologies are really painful to implement. So you might not get that immediate <laughs> solve to the problem. But, you know, technology, like hiring a consultant, like, you know, some of these kind of actions that businesses take, they're you know, well-established processes, they're relatively easy to get started. They're not always relatively easy to end. But, you know, it is <laughs> it is definitely one of those kind of, if you have a playbook for how to be a successful executive or a successful manager, it's, you know, get some new technology to help you with your problem. And of course, there are many vendors out there who are happy to sell you a solution to your problem. And, and us included, right? Full disclosure. Oh, yeah, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, we're happy to. But, you know, when we think about site search, you know, technology is just one of many things. Um, we do site search audits for sometimes for our prospects, certainly for our customers. Yeah, sure. And when we think about improving site search, uh, technology is one of the elements, but there are three other elements. And so 
The second element, I mean, great search is often driven by great content. So what's the state of content? And that, you know, is everything from where is it housed, what's your content management system, et cetera, but usually has to do with essentially, do you have answers to questions and are those answers findable? Uh, well, it's, so that's, it, it's something yeah. we've talked about a couple of times. It's about a couple of times. We talk about this all the time, actually. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why site search is actually harder than what Google does in many ways is because, as you've said, right, many times, that, you know, Google, they've, there's a pretty good chance that the thing somebody's searching for exists on the internet. There's yes. almost certainly 10,000 pages. doesn't matter how esoteric the topic is. Sure. There is certainly a page out there that's probably an okay answer. And right. on a company's website, on an enterprise website, that's yep. not necessarily always true. The answers yeah. simply may not exist there at all. Right? Yeah, so you, you haven't experienced that question before, and so you don't have a piece of content that answers it. So, exactly right. Or, or you don't experience it enough to make it you know, remunerative to say, okay, we're going to spend the money sure. to create that content. There's, yep. yeah, there's a bet. flaw there, which we can talk about later if we get to it, but, but <laughs> nonetheless, yeah. So content. Okay, content's a biggie. Yeah. What else? And, and uh, so the, the third area um, that we need, you need to focus on is measurements, metrics. Are you measuring the sure. right things? And sure. because often the flaws that you see maybe in your technology, um, first might not be the technology. So we'll talk, we'll go back and talk a little bit about more about technology in a moment. But, um, you know, are you measuring the right things? Do you really understand visitor behavior, yeah. not just in search, but outside of search, right? What happens after search? And our point right. of view on this is the behavioral data is the big gap in almost every technology out there in the marketplace. It's one of the reasons we focus so much on it because, you know, great search is not great search results, right? Great search is answers to questions, solutions to problems. And most of that happens after the click on the search results page. So are you measuring the right things? Are you really looking at it as an entire experience versus just a search experience? Which takes us to the last one, I think, which is? Yeah, user experience. So <laughs> that is the fourth element. There it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and that really has to do with how are people uh, experiencing, for lack of a better word, your search engine and the content on your website. How are they progressing through their journey is it easy for them to engage with search, to find what they're looking for, and ultimately, you know, get to that goal, uh, which, you know, could be a variety of things. It could be a download a white paper, it could be a fill out a contact form, uh, and if you have a transactional site, maybe they buy something. Right, or or if you have a support site, maybe they don't pick up the phone and call your help desk yeah, and you've actually even better. put some money in your pocket, right? Save some money. Yeah, those support use cases are very powerful um, yeah, as far as yeah, cost savings sure. and cost avoidance. For sure. All right, so let's let's go back and talk about these a little bit more. You know, if we talk about content, right? You know, how do people avoid the groundhog day of content? What do they need to be thinking about to make sure their content works for, you know, site search? Yeah. So, you know, it all starts with as as absurd as it seems is answers to all the questions that can be asked. Unfortunately, uh, as marketers, as content owners, as product people, um we kind of have to guess at what the questions are that people might want to ask. I mean, some of them are obvious. It's the speeds and feeds. It's the descriptive information sure. uh, about your product. Um, but, you know, just like when, say, we're doing an ad campaign, we have a bunch of messages where we go out there and test them, and then we lean into the one that's working. It's kind of the same way with content, right? Content owners are always trying to create content 
And if they see some signal that people are reacting in a certain way, looking at that content, they go, oh yeah, we need more of that. And then a new question comes up. Yeah. And, and that new question, honestly, can come from, uh, can come from um, search. So people click on a search result and come to a page or do a search and don't get a result. Uh, but it can also come from somebody clicks on, uh, you know, somebody comes to your website, they click on a menu item, and they exit quickly, right? They look at the page and they exit. Sure. So, right? so there's lots of different signals in the environment that you can pick up. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's the content gaps that kill, right? Where you either yeah. have an answer to a question and it's insufficient, or you have no answer to the question. And you're going to see that, we'll talk about metrics next, you're going to see that in your data. But that really is, for a lot of kind of bad search technologies, the bad part is they can't find the answer. And it's often because either the answer is so poorly written that the algorithm mm-hmm. in the search engine can't discern it, or it just doesn't exist. And so the search engine's kind of left to kind of guess well, maybe this would be a good one. So when you see low success rates, again, metrics in a moment, uh, you're going to you're going to want to pay attention to that because it'll show you where your gaps are, where your opportunities are to improve your content. And I know we talk about this a lot as well, but if you make your content better, if you answer more questions for your site search engine, it of course is going to help your SEO because Google loves great content. Of so course. Right. Make your content great, have lots of good answers to questions, and it'll help both site searchers and those Google searchers. So I heard you say three things, and I think all three of these can be addressed by metrics, but let's talk about this a little bit. You know, one of these is first, how do you know what people are asking in the first place? Secondly, how do you know if the content exists to answer that question? Right. And third, how do you know that you actually succeeded in answering that question, right? So sure. can you talk about those three elements a little bit? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I'll have to make sure I remember them. So the um, first one is, the first one is, how do you know what they're asking in the first place? I'll ask yeah, them one so, at a time. How yeah, do you, know what you bet. The first that, that, uh, so that comes straight out of your search engine, right? You yeah. know when, you know, you can just go in, every modern search engine is able to do this and just see what keywords are people searching on. And, you know, sometimes it's just the single keywords Sometimes you get keyword phrases, but it's really just be paying a lot of attention to that. And especially if you're a large, complex organization like many of our clients are, you know, you might want to segregate those keywords into groups so that, you know, one product person can get the keywords that apply to their business, another product person can get the keywords that apply to their business. But you really want to understand what are people searching on? Because often, you know, the things that you call something in your content. Yeah. Aren't the words that your customers use to find that same content? We have a, I, I worked for IBM, as you know, and we have this famous example of laptops versus notebooks. And, yeah. you know, customers yeah. thought of them as laptops and IBM thought of them as notebooks. And it was just for a very brief period of time, but a very stupid period of time, <laughs> you know, we had this disconnect in our search engine, but people couldn't find notebook computers and we wanted to sell a lot of them. So, you know, again, it's this paying attention to the keywords is going to help you understand what people are interested in and more importantly, what those synonyms are, if you will, for the things that you have in your content. Perfect. So that's that's how we know, you know, what it is people search for. The next thing is, how do you know you have the content that, uh, yeah. you know, and, people and are looking it, for? And it's tracking no results um, uh, yeah. searches. And that's yeah. kind of the most obvious metric you have out there. So the obvious one is, if you have anything with no results, and that's something you should have a result for, then you obviously have a content gap. The other thing to look out for in no results pages is things that are similar 
if you will, to what you have and making sure that your content is coded because, you know, the idea that somebody has a specific need, they actually might have a general need. They're just using a specific term that doesn't match your offerings, your solutions, whatever it is. But you might have something else that could help them. Yeah. Maybe. Right. So just making sure you're paying attention to those no results that are kind of in an adjacent swim lane, because you might say, oh, we don't have A, but we have B. So serve them up B and see if that sticks. But paying attention to no results is the most obvious way uh, to know you have a content gap. And the other way is high exit rates uh, after a search. Mm -hmm. If people Mm -hmm. if people are just rejecting what you're showing them, uh, then you know that you probably have a gap as well, because the content that you served them uh, is not answering the question. Well, I want to I want to talk about the no results for one more second. I mean, this is a place where solo segment search box actually helps quite a lot because this is something we measure. One right. of the things that and, and not to do a full commercial for the product by any stretch, but maybe a teeny tiny one. <laughs> one of the problems that most analytics tools have by default is they can't tell you the things that didn't happen. Right. Right. They only can measure the thing that did happen. And if you go into Google Analytics and you say, show me all of the searches that didn't happen or show me all the things where a page didn't load, you won't know that. If you use your Google Search Console data to say, what are people searching for that we show up? It'll show you those. It won't show you all the things that people are searching for where you don't show up, where your own internal site search data does. And it's something the search box can, in fact, do for you. So it's a great point. All right. So we've talked about content. We've talked about metrics. Let's talk about, oh, oh, nope, nope, nope. I beg your pardon. Third question. I forgot the third question. I'm so sorry. We're not even going to edit this out. We'll just show that. Yeah, we we don't want to cheat. We don't want to cheat our uh, listeners. We don't want to, we don't want to cheat our listeners. So we said, we've seen, we've seen the stuff that, uh, uh, what people are searching for. We've seen how, you know, whether or not you have the content, the identifying Mm -hmm. the content gaps. Now, how do we know that the that the content that they found actually answered their question? Yeah, and that's where the behavioral data, and it's a nice segue comes into metrics, where the behavioral data really really shines. Uh, and and the gap that you know we as search technologists, you know, one of the reasons we started the company was you know was that you know when you think about what creates great customer experiences, it's kind of this combination between understanding need. And having content that kind of satisfies the need. Yeah. And yep. if you kind of start to peel that back a little bit, you know, the content, you got to have it. You got to understand what content you have, what questions that content answers. But you also then have to understand the visitor intent, the behaviors, et cetera, that signal the person is interested yeah. in that piece of content. Now, Definitely. search engines do this, you know, modestly well in that that's what they're designed to do, right? Type in a keyword, oh, I think you're interested in this topic, let me serve you some content. But that doesn't serve the whole visitor journey. And that's why, you know, kind of stepping into the metrics topic, um, you know, our point of view is that you really have to measure the cert- a session that includes search as an entire customer experience. There's right. not a searching experience and then, you know, kind of consuming content navigating experience, <laughs> right? It's all one thing. And right. so when we look at measuring search, sure, we, we can tell you what no results are and we can tell you whether people clicked on certain results. But we also look at what happened after the search, right? How are people engaging with content? Yep. How are they progressing on their journey? And of course, knowing that, you can you know help guide them to the right spot, not only when they're searching, but more importantly, after they've searched or even when they're not searching, you can engage them in ways 
because you have the data, right? You have the behavioral data that allows you to, to, to um, detect the signal that says, oh, I have an area of interest and guide them to their goals. Right. Did they actually accomplish what they set out to accomplish? I mean, again, one that's tiny short way of saying it. You bet. One, well, uh, that's why I'm here, right? Sometimes to summarize the, the genius that you put out there uh, is, <laughs> you know, but again, to do one more tiny commercial for Solo Segment Search Box, if I may, is the fact that, you know, that's something that's kind of our secret sauce without giving away how we do it is we pay a lot of attention to signals that tell us whether or not the person succeeded. It's not just Correct. did we return a result? It's did the searcher actually get what they wanted? Did they actually find an answer that worked for them so that's that exactly it can right. be a cost deferral for your business or so that it can lead to a conversion for your business? All right. So obviously, when you do that, you're creating a better user experience, right? So yeah. let's talk about user experience for a sec. Yeah. So, and this is really where, you know, user experience is a very broad umbrella. And I think of it as everything from how you're designing, how people interact with the technology, right through to the actual visual design of the page and how yeah. those things work. Um, there's a lot of bad things that happen in this. And so I would, <laughs> I would start with uh, the fact that. Uh, again, thinking about search as an experience that, that that goes through the entire session, it isn't just uh, an event that happens during the session, but really thinking about it in the context of, you know, the visitor journey, their entire engagement with you during a particular session is kind of the first step. Uh, yep. And yep. again, I've seen some beautifully optimized uh, search experiences that were honestly hard to get out of, right? There was hard to kind of <laughs> figure out how do I use yeah, this sure. in, in my entire journey. The, um, the cul-de-sac is what we usually call that, right? There I'm you go. To the yeah, cul-de-sac. Exactly. I have no idea how to get out. Yeah. And uh, so, but but design, you know, kind of are, are the obvious things. Whenever somebody asks me for, hey, give me an opinion on my search engine. Yeah. You know, the design stuff is the low-hanging fruit. And uh, and especially with the, the page design. Uh, so I'll start with the homepage um, or any page template. Uh, you know, can I find your search engine? Um, I've seen... Right. Right. I've seen that little search uh, icon, you know, the magnifying glass be very tiny, hard to identify. I've seen it in the footer. Uh, I've seen it, you know, nestled in a hamburger, but not in a mobile experience, in an actual desktop experience, right? <laughs> so hiding the search bar is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And making it prominent, uh, especially in your header, which is where most folks expect to see it, uh, making it prominent makes it easy to engage. Now, some companies might not want people to engage because their search is so poor. So that kind of <laughs> might be a recognition that they're just kind of tucking it away, hoping nobody sees it. Yeah. But making it prominent means it's going to get used. And we've seen a couple of points of increase in utilization uh, when people make their search bar more prominent. As a matter of fact, we're going through a design change on our website right now to make our search bar more prominent. So, right. you know, physician, right. heal thyself. Um <laughs> Next, let's talk about a little bit about design on the search results page itself. And again, uh, the egregious uh, design flaw you see often is when half the screen is essentially taken up by the header of the yeah. search results page. And often that is, it is, it contains just useless stuff. It contains the word search or search results in right. 96 point font. Right. I don't know why we need that. Everybody knows this is a search results page. Uh, so 
you know, basically skinning down that header on the search results page so it, you know, takes up about 5% of the screen real estate uh, is, is a good design decision. And the reason that's a good design decision is because the fundamental job of the search results page, and this is going to sound stupid, but the fundamental job of the search results page is to show search results. So if you don't have three, Wait, four, yeah, I know, I know. So, you know, uh, I've, I've seen search results page that have zero search results appearing above the fold on yeah. a desktop experience. Yeah. And so, uh, so that is, that can be uh, a real challenge. So make sure your search results page shows search results and shows them in a way that people um, are accustomed to seeing those search results. Right. And some folks want to get fancy. They want to have a tiled experience and lots of images. And the reality is, uh, humans have been conditioned by Google to experience search results in a very standard way. And the reason this is important for companies to adopt is because figuring out what search result is the right one is hard enough. Uh, figuring out how to use your search results page, like just don't put that workload on your visitors. Right, you know? right. So, so make it easy for them. You know, a blue link, maybe a, a URL in eight-point font, and a really solid description of of the of the page that they're going to go to when they click that link, because you know that description uh, is hugely important. And I see all sorts of um, quality in in that that descriptive text. Yeah. But the yeah. reason that text is so important, and honestly, the reason Google throws away what most folks put in there and and uh, and creates their own descriptions, is because that description is a promise. Right. right. The description is if you click on this link, I will be the answer to your question. And so right. having those uh, having those descriptions be really descriptive, uh, really solid, you know, very, <laughs> very like, you know, kind of creating that right promise is going to increase mm -hmm. the likelihood that somebody is not only satisfied with your search experience, but satisfied the entire experience on the website because they're finding what they're looking for. No, it makes perfect sense. Okay, so to bring it back to the top, you know, since this is the Groundhog Day episode, we're going to yeah. go back to where we started. If you can, in a very short, you know, uh, description, now talk about why the technology matters. Yeah, so technology matters because first, there are some real lousy search engines out there. Um, they, you know, they sure. just don't do their job very well, and often people choose them because they're cheap. So that's you know, so sometimes, I mean, we have worked with some clients who do need a new search engine, and they are on the right journey. Um, and what makes for a good search engine? Well, a good search engine uh, does two things really well. So first, it's consuming and indexing your content in a way that makes it really findable. And this mm -hmm. is honestly where uh, I think we do a good job. I think every major you know, search engine does this really well. And when you hear about AI and natural language pro processing and and machine learning. Um, this is the area where all that firepower is concentrated, yeah. right? Is yeah. interpreting, understanding content so it can be found and rendered. There is a second element, and this is again kind of our market thesis, and it comes back to understanding why that content is important. And this is the behavioral notion, right? Having yeah. really yeah. great behavioral data about how are people interacting with that content when they find it? Are they achieving their goals, et cetera? And this is an area where, honestly, very few vendors spend a lot of time. Because if you marry those two things together, a deep understanding of your content and the questions that it answers 
and an understanding of the behaviors that lead to positive outcomes for the website visitor and for your business. You marry those two things together. Now you have an experience that helps everyone, helps the visitor, the stakeholder, the hopefully the customer, and helps you grow your business. So you're saying, Steve, that it's not just a search engine. It's a find engine. And it's a... Oh, no. This is unprompted. You tell me. Oh, it's a business engine. Oh, there you go. We talked about that earlier today. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. I missed the cue. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's interesting, you know, you say that. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of discussion in the search space about relevancy engines. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting way of thinking about it, right? Creating relevant experiences, you know, surfacing relevant content. But you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you want this to be a find engine, right? So people find what they're looking for. You want it to be a business engine so that you do more business. You want it to be a growth engine, right? So it helps you grow your business with the highest potential visitors that you have on your website. Makes perfect sense. So Steve, if somebody is not ready to, you know, uh, rip out the technology or if somebody doesn't want to just, you know, do the same old Groundhog Day of let's just go find a technology solution and maybe they need a little help to know what they want to actually do. Is there anything we can do that helps them with that? Oh, you betcha. So we often find as part of our sales process that um, people don't know why they want the new technology other than they just want it. And while we love to rush to have them write us a check, what we (laughs) often do is we stop and we do an audit. Uh, Some of those audits are very narrow in scope. And so you know, relatively inexpensive. Some of them are pretty broad and deep. Um, But we always recommend that you actually sit down and think about these four dimensions, right? The technology and how you're using it, the content and how it contributes to a great experience. How do you measure that success? And how are you developing and enabling a user experience that leads to positive outcomes? And so that site search audit that we do is one of our tools that we use working with clients, usually very early in our uh, our journey together, and uh, to help them really understand what is the opportunity for before them. Because honestly, if your content's awful, I don't want to sell you a search engine and then be the guy who's going to get fired in, in 18 months, right? I want right. to be your search engine for a long time. And so we find that this search engine audit uh, is a great way to get started because it really helps you understand all the dimensions of your search challenge. Which, and if people want to learn more, they can learn more about that. They can go to solosegment.com and click on search box, or they can just go to solosegment.com, click on the search box in the top right-hand corner, search for audit, and the page is right there at the top. Look at that. Look at that. So, Steve, any last parting words of wisdom? No, I think I think we covered the four words of wisdom, which are, you know, technology, content, metrics, and user experience. So focus on those things if you want an excellent customer experience in search. And so that you don't just keep reliving Groundhog Day Groundhog again Day. Oh, and yeah. again and again. Steve, as always, a pleasure. Thanks so much for all your time. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks very much, Tim. Take care. Search Chat is brought to you by Solo Segment. Solo Segment focuses on site search analytics and AI-driven content discovery to improve search results, increase customer satisfaction, and unlock revenue for your company. Make your search better and learn more at solosegment.com. If you like the show, please go ahead and subscribe to us. You can find our episodes at solosegment.com slash podcast 
or on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcatcher happens to be. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash solo segment. On Twitter, using the Twitter handle at solo segment. Or you can drop us an email at info at solosegment.com. Again, that's info at solosegment.com. With that, my name is Tim Peter. I hope you have a great rest of the week, and we'll look forward to talking with you next time on Search Chat. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.